You're listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Here at Victory, we are called to equip a caring, committed community of worshipers to reach their world for Jesus. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Hi, my name is Jacob. I'm the assistant pastor here, and Happy New Year. I'm so glad that I get to bring you the Word of God today. I'm excited about what He is uh, going to be imparting to us today. Um, The last couple of weeks, people have been asking me, are you ready for the new year? Has anybody at home, have you been asked that yet? Are you ready for the new year? Listen, I'm not ready for today, let alone an entire year. So just don't ask me that. Obviously, obviously that's a joke. Um, I am really excited for the next year. I'm really excited to see what God does, and I'm really excited to see what great things God's going to do in victory. So um, I hope you are as well. And and as I was preparing for a message, as I was preparing what I was going to speak on, um, I was like, well, what's going to be a good message for 2023? So I started preparing a message on Ephesians 6, which is about the armor of God. And I was going to call it, what are you wearing in 2023? And thought, that's really clever. It's going to be good. And I'm writing it. And I really felt like God was like, no, this is not the message I want you to speak. So I scrapped it and I moved on. And then I, I, and then I decided to do uh, a, a sermon on the epiphany, which is like the, the season after Advent, where uh, we celebrate the three wise men and they're visiting Jesus. Jesus and its gifts of the new year. And I thought this would be wholly appropriate for this. And, uh, and I really felt like God, in my spirit, like God was like, no, don't do that either. And so I'm like, well, God, and all of my frustration, I said, God, what should I preach on then? And I could not get away from this verse. And it was in Lamentations of all books of the Bible, of 66 books of the Bible, God points me to the most depressing book in the entirety of it. And I thought to myself, wow, that is, I I guess that's really appropriate walking into 2023 that we're going to be hearing from Lamentations today. But let me assure you, before you get upset or feel like uh, I'm going to just give you this really like beat down, like depressing sermon that this is a sermon, uh, this is a message of hope. This is a message that God, I really believe that God says is fitting for 2023. Are you ready to go into the word of God? Well, let's pray together and let's, let's explore what God has to speak to us. So God, we thank you for your word. We pray that you open up our hearts, our minds, and our ears to what you have to say. In your name we pray. Amen. God is going to bless you today. Let's go and look at the key passage. We're going to be kind of unpacking the whole chapter uh, three of Lamentations. But I want to, there's, because we can't unpack the whole thing, because we can't go through the whole whole thing for time's sake, um, I'm going to go through key verses that will really help us uh, really uh, kind of focus our, uh, our, our, our vision on what God has to say. So uh, our key verse today comes from Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. And it says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And in the New Living Translation, it says the 
faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And this is where I believe God wants to go deeper today into understanding how to be in the now of God, to understand how essential this passage is for us. And see, the journey of Jeremiah and Lamentations 3 is probably somewhat familiar territory for many of us because uh, it's a question, how do I press into more of God when I'm in the middle of a storm? How do I understand why I'm in where, I, where why I'm at where I am at? Many scholars believe that this passage marks a turning point in Jeremiah's life. We jump into today's key verse, and we'll come back to it, but we have to be mindful of what's surrounding this passage and the bigger message that God is telling Jeremiah, telling the nation of Israel, and in turn, telling all of us. So roughly translated, if we look at Lamentations, it could be called the book of how, like how did I get here? <laughs> Which again, is it's the title of today's message, but also uh, seems like a good call for 2023, right? <laughs> How did I get here? Um, and Lamentations takes place in a time where God's people were being enslaved by the Babylonians. And uh, they could have avoided all of this if they had listened to God's prophet, Jeremiah, because for 40 years... 40, 40, 40 years, he warned them about this captivity and not one of them listened. And then we have this book now that helps us ask the same question. How did I get here? So in Lamentations 3, Jeremiah focused uh, his sight on three different areas. So we have enough time to unpack this. Like I mentioned earlier, let's take some bite-sized pieces and take a deeper look at these focal points. So our focus, number one, Jeremiah looked to the people. In, the, in chapter three of Lamentations, he's looking to the people. Jeremiah has a lot to lament when it comes to the people of Israel because they're pretty awful to him. They're pretty awful to God. They're pretty despicable in, in the way that they're responding to God. And yet, despite his poor treatment of his own people, Jeremiah had a concern and a heart for them. It says that Jeremiah's heart broke for the innocent and defenseless. He pleaded with the Lord for them. He didn't want to see anyone destroyed. He didn't want to see anyone taken captive. And they didn't call him the weeping prophet for nothing. He lamented the fact that his people were going into harm's way. Jeremiah called the people of Israel to a time of prayer and confession of sin. He begged the people to lift their hearts and their hands to the Lord and ask him for forgiveness and mercy. And what did God do for Jeremiah? Well, this is what God did for him. In verse 56, it says, You heard me when I cried. Listen to my pleading. Hear my cry for help. Don't miss this, church. Yes, you came when I called. You told me, do not fear. You came when I called. You told me, do not fear. Lord, you have come to my defense. You have redeemed my life. See, Jeremiah cried out to the Lord in the same way he petitioned his own people, the people of Israel, to call on the Lord. And God was 
faithful to Jeremiah. And this is really great news and for Jeremiah. <laughs> now, the unfortunate truth is, you know, we like happy endings. We like it when a story wraps up nicely and we can put a bow on top and go home and feel good about ourselves. But the truth of this story is that Israel was taken captive. It's not pretty. They were enslaved. They were treated poorly. They, it was not nice. It was not good. Because Israel was in a perpetual state of disobedience. Even when given the opportunities to let God rescue them, they stubbornly turned away from God. And I know it's unpopular to say that sometimes we have to be accountable for our actions. And the simple truth is they were not listening to God, let alone worshiping him. They mocked his prophet Jeremiah. They sang songs about him and mocking him in those songs. And in turn, they were mocking God. And our God will not be mocked. You want to find yourself in some hot water? Don't go there. Don't mock our God. And recently we talked about this in our Freedom Life group. Um, and just a little quick plug for our life group. Uh, sometimes we think the devil is after us and that we have to take authority against him and over him. But what's really happening is God is after us and we need to repent and clothe ourselves in humility. Happy New Year. Well, in college, I took a, <laughs> in college, I took a class called Spiritual Disciplines. And it's a freshman class that helps establish good foundations and uh, it helps you in your walk with Christ. And uh, if you can believe it, the 18-year-old me was far more pugnacious than I am now. And one of my favorite things to do at campus, one of my, the, the things I loved to do was go around and debate people when it came to the Bible and apologetics and theology and all of those things. I love to do it because I, I had a pretty good knowledge of the Bible. I love to argue and I love to win. So I would go around and do this kind of thing. And so we're in one of these sessions of spiritual disciplines and my, um, and my professor makes this bold statement. He says, I pray about every decision I have to make. And that kind of glitched out my 18 year old brain because I thought, well, hold on a sec everything, everything. So I raised my hand and uh, asked very smugly, I may, might, ask, uh, might add, uh, define everything. And, uh, and he said, well, if I'm at a place where I have a decision to make, I ask the Lord for wisdom and guidance. I pray, God, help me make this choice according to your will. And I, I really didn't like that answer. So I pressed him more. And you mean to tell me, and you know, proceeded to give him all these ridiculous scenarios that I didn't think, because I didn't think what he was saying was realistic. I didn't think he was being completely honest. I didn't think that uh, he asked the Lord of everything. And so I said, you mean to tell me that you do this and this and the other? And he says, yes. And uh, that wasn't enough for me. And so the argument continued on and I accused my professor of being legalistic. And uh, because he wasn't really uh, super articulate and he wasn't a great debater, I came out of the class looking like a champ, but misguiding a whole class on a statement that could have been beneficial and could have been life-changing. But isn't it silly to pray over little things like every decision we have to make, right? 
We could debate this statement over and over and over again, but what my 18-year-old brain missed is that it wasn't legalism that my professor was preaching, but the beauty on relying on God in all decisions. It says in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And it's realistic because it's a posturing of our focus and walking in a Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 principle. See, the other side of the coin, the other flip side of the Lamentation, it gives us a picture of someone heading towards a cliff with their fingers in their ears while God is lovingly trying to redirect them. And when they finally fall off the end of the cliff, they look to God and they say, how could you? How could you? How did I get here? And Jeremiah pleads in verse 40, let's test and examine our ways. Let's turn again in repentance to the Lord. In other words, let's take a time out and fix what's blocking us from God and his good mercies because things don't look very good right now. And the ironic part of that story that I mentioned earlier is that I failed spiritual discipline class. I failed it because I wasn't disciplined spiritually. Don't mistake your knowledge about, uh, of God for a walk with God. There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing who he is. Are you with me, church? And this is Israel's positioning in this passage. They know of God, so they don't really need to seek him. They don't really need to listen to him. They don't really need to go to him and worship. They don't really need to listen to his anointed leaders, right? Unless things start getting bad for them. Let me put this another way. Whenever my wife asks me to do something around the house, my favorite response to her is, stop telling me how to live my life. It's just the thing I do. It's a good thing that I'm wildly attractive. Otherwise, my marriage would be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> but the, this is the unfortunate response of a lot of us, a response that we have spiritually. Stop telling me how to live my life, God. Jesus, we're, we're cool, but you got to let me do my thing. I'll call you when I need to get out of a jam. And see, this is where it's true for Israel, and it can be true for us. We can be going through life not relying on him, not relying on his goodness, and blame him when we are broken. And we miss out on a new mercy every morning. If we want to see the promise of our key verse today, verses 22 and 23, and walk in new mercies, we have to avail ourselves of them. And this means going to God with arms outstretched and saying, I repent. I need your mercy. I invite you to be part of my new day in you. Spoiler alert, repentance is not relegated to new believers, just so you're aware. Searching our hearts and asking God to do new things should be a daily discipline. God shows us his care for Jeremiah in verse 56. He says, hey, you can have this freedom too. But the cost of discipleship that we don't like to talk about and we have to, that is, we have to give up ourselves and let God be God. You want to see a new thing in your life in 2023? Well, let God be God in your life. Stop putting yourself at his level. Still with me, church? 
still love me? Some of you might think, look at this and think, ah, here we go. See, I knew God was harsh. I knew he was unloving. I lets all this terrible suffering happen. And that's a whole other journey into the weeds. And we can talk about that outside this sermon. But suffice to say, in this situation, Israel was walking into destruction. And God lovingly warned them for 40 years to turn around. We cannot shut ourselves off from the voice of God and then get mad at him when we walk off a cliff in disobedience. I know in the beginning I said that this was going to be a hopeful message. Just stick with me, okay? We're going to get there. We're almost there. But this is hope. What we can learn from Jeremiah's focus of looking at the people, we learn that we have the freedom to come to the Father for new mercies, but that has to come with repentance and humility. See, God is our rescuer and deliverer, and he will always triumph, but we have to be willing participants in our relationship with him and die to ourself daily. But this also teaches us to intercede for others and not just pleasant people, okay? This would be easy if we were just praying for, people, praying for people that we like. This is asking for God's mercies to extend to the people that have hurt us. People who are unkind. People we might even consider to be our enemies. See, when we fully experience the new mercies of God every morning, we grow in compassion. And it's the very same compassion that God has. See, he's giving us new mercies to give to others. I'm not saying start a relationship with abusive people. I'm saying that you can pray for people to find an, a, new, a new identity in Christ by asking him to intercede for them. It's a biblical blessing, and you'll find new levels of mercy and forgiveness. Neil Lozano says this. He's a author of a book called Unbound. It's, he says, God wants us to learn how to bless others because blessings are incomplete until they're given to someone else. Let's move on to focus number two. Jeremiah looked to himself. We start off the chapter with Jeremiah doing some self-reflection. He's looking to himself. Jeremiah saw an aged man on a winding path in the dark, pursued by lions, eating gravel. Uh, I just, by the way, I just have to note real quick, uh, in all of these circumstances, it, it seemed like he didn't have a choice, all but one. Um, not to eat gravel. Like, uh, <laughs> it seems like that was well within his control, not to eat gravel. Um, I feel like I would be talking to my two-year-old son, like, hey, buddy, you know, you don't have to eat that. Uh, I know it's a metaphor, but it just, for some reason, stuck out in my brain, and I thought that was funny. But the more that Jeremiah considered his feelings, the more hopeless he felt. And let's just cut to the core of this. Let's, let's just go to the, straight to the core because we're called to examine ourselves just like we talked about if you, just earlier if you, in case you zoned out. But when it comes to circumstances, if we look for God through the cracked version of ourselves or the hopelessness of the situation that we're in, we'll not only find a broken and fragmented version of God because we're looking for God in a warped version of ourselves and broken circumstance. You still with me? As children of God, circumstances are not the lens we see our world in. 
When we're focused on ourselves, we see the lens of our circumstance, that narrow lens, that microscopic view, that lens that does not allow us to pull back and see the whole picture that God is unfolding. And I think one of Jeremiah's biggest issues, the place that we all have the proclivity to land, is that we do not know how to live in the now of God's mercies. And I'm not saying that I would respond any better. Listen, Jeremiah was mocked, ostracized, thrown into abandoned well, and while his people waited to figure out how they were going to kill him. I have a bad day if I don't get a full night's sleep. So I, if I was thrown, if I was into all these situations, it would really mess me up. What I'm saying is that Jeremiah shows us his capability of seeing the Lord's faithfulness in the moment. But it only happened when he stopped looking at himself. Can I say this is the hardest balance I find in my personal walk with the Lord? That's full, full transparency. I'm not always calm. I'm not always collected in my response to circumstance. But what I have found, and it's only taken me 42 years to find it, is peace in the storm. I can't calm the raging storm around me. I can't see tomorrow's events, but I know the one who can. Over and over and over, God has shown himself to be true to me. And just like in this passage, I can say, great is your faithfulness. You want to see a new year that is different than all the rest? Change your focus. It's kind of hard to see anything, by the way, if you're, you're looking at yourself in a mirror, right? <laughs> Jeremiah looked away from himself and by faith looked to the Lord. And now he can say, I have hope. Why? Because of God's mercies, his compassions, and faithfulness. See, this is where the rubber meets the road. Fixing our restless gaze on God is the key to all of this. It is the key to 2023 and beyond. You have 365 days of new mercies ahead of you. And they're available to you. And this all starts with humility and gratitude. See, Jeremiah takes a position of gratitude here as well. I no longer lament my situation, but I see you, Lord, as who you are. There's a significant physical change that happens in our brains when we begin to practice gratitude. The same brain function, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the same brain function that processes stress and anxiety is the very same brain function that processes gratitude. You can't process both at the same time. Funny, it's almost like God made us that way or, or, or something for some reason. It doesn't mean that your circumstances change. It means that you change in the way that you see your circumstance. Then your faith will build as God does something new. You see the beauty in this? I read this poem recently. I don't know who the author is, but it says this. It says, look to yourself and you'll be depressed. Look to your circumstance and you'll be distressed. Look to the Lord and you will be blessed. God has an endless supply of love. Will you receive it? God is faithful despite our faithlessness. God hits the reset button for us every day. Oh, thank the Lord that he does. 
and you may not feel like God has shown up for you. You may be experiencing deep hurt, stress, tragedy. You're trying hard to hang on to hope, but in the back of your mind, you know that this holiday season has come to a wrap and it's soon going to be over and you're going to be right back into the harsh realities of real life. You know that God shows up, but you're just not feeling it. I hear you, friend. I hear you. But I've got some good news for you. The beauty of new mercies is not only that we celebrate the blessings of God every day, but we also wait in anticipation for Christ to come again. Hope is on its way. This story isn't over. He's risen from the dead and will return as triumphant king. God showed up for Jeremiah. He showed up by giving us Jesus. He'll show up again. He always does. He is always faithful. His love never ends. Take heart. Take heart knowing that you are following a God who promises to make things right again. Amen. It'd be so much easier if the Bible was only one page long, right? (laughs) But it isn't. It's more than a thousand pages long because God has not given up on his people. He has not given up on you. He has not given up on your marriage. He has not given up on your children. He has not given up chasing you down with his great love. He will not give up. His mercies are new Even when we've lost hope, his mercies are new. The king will return to all this brokenness and make it new. And until that day, let our hearts burn with the passion that we cannot hold in. See, when God breaks through and when we respond to his unfailing love and his faithfulness, when circumstances have zero effect on our lives, we can pause and say, how did I get here? in a positive tone, and know it's by his new mercies that bless us each and every day. Let me speak a word of blessing over you. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Well, you may not have made this choice to follow Christ in your life, but I'd ask you today, start off the new year right. Start off the new year by accepting Christ and starting a relationship with him. All you have to do is just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I know that I've sinned. Forgive me. I believe you died and rose again for me. Come into my life and make me whole. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are part of the kingdom of God and you are starting the year off right. There's going to be someone that's going to give you some more information, but blessings today, blessings and love and favor in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Podcast. If this message inspired you, feel free to share it with your friends, family, and social media. And make sure to subscribe to hear future messages from Victory Church. If you'd like to support the mission of Victory, please visit getvictory.net slash give. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.